Welcome to Kingdom.Think. Today we're covering Judges 10, 11, Psalms 114, and Acts 25. I'm going to start at Acts 25 because I'm already here in that chapter. And um, it's funny because they, they break up chapters. Remember, the Bible wasn't really written in chapters. The chapters were put in there to make it easier for the reader. So really, it's just one long story that continues. So we're still in Paul's trial. Now we know that um, Pont- that F- Governor Felix left Pont- uh, Paul in prison. So now it's festive, Parchus Festive's problem. And the Jews are like, okay, Felix is gone. This new guy's in. Let's go to him and say, hey, why don't you give us Paul? He's a bad guy. Um, we'll take him to Jerusalem and he can stand trial there. Hmm, that's a reasonable reasonable idea. So he said, bring in this Paul. So he said, are you willing to go to Jerusalem? Is it Jerusalem? Yeah, are you willing to go to Jerusalem and stand trial there? Paul's like, well, um, let's see. Actually, again, with his cleverness, he says that I'm willing to stand trial anywhere, but to be honest, I am in Caesar's court I'm paraphrasing here. And I'm in Caesar's court, so I appeal to Caesar. Uh Uh-oh. Okay, well, that means if you appeal to Caesar, then I can't just hand you over to the Jews. So he's kind of frustrated. Okay, what do I do now? What do I do now? He he could just let Paul free because he doesn't see any guilt in him. But he wants to not cause a ruckus amongst the Jews. So he doesn't really want to let him free because you know, he's got to show some kindness and favoritism to the Jews. So he had a visitor, King Agrippa, King Agrippa and his wife Bernice were visiting and hanging out with the king or with um, Festive, Purchase Festive. And, and so they were hanging out so many days. He told him the story about Paul. And this king, I don't know why this is significant. I really don't, but I'm going to tell you anyway, because I'm summarizing. So he tells this king about this guy who... Um, he says, I don't know what they're, they're accusing him for. Something about their religion doesn't even make sense. And the guy is saying that, that there's a, a de- that a man named Jesus who was supposed to have died, but he's alive. That's it. That's the problem. So King Grippa says, Agrippa, I would like to hear this man's story. Oh, sure. Tomorrow, tomorrow you'll be able to hear the charges. And the charges were presented. Paul said his case. And at the very end, he's like, okay, you know what? I've got to send him to Caesar, but here's the problem. I don't even know what to put on the letter. If I'm going to send this prisoner to Caesar, I've got to explain what this prisoner has done wrong. And at this point, at the end of chapter 25, he's like, I don't even know what to put on there. So I'm assuming chapter 26 it's going to tell us more about what is to put on the letter. But remember, and it seems silly, like, well, why are you ending it so abruptly? Remember, it's really one long story, and the chapters are simply divided up for our reading purposes. Okay, Psalms 114. Now, it's a very, very short chapter, so I'm going to go ahead and read it. But remember, at way at the beginning when we started reading Psalms, I go, you know what? Psalms, I really didn't get it. It kind of, it kind of gives me a little... Um, 
like I read it and then I don't feel very intelligent because I don't understand. I do understand this particular time as I'm going through it, which is really nice. But previous times I've read Psalms, I didn't. So what I'm telling you is that your understanding and your maturity and what you grasp changes over the years because I'm reading Psalms and I'm like, oh, I totally get this. And I didn't before. Okay, so here we go, chapter 114. When when Israel came out of Egypt, Jacob from a people of foreign tongue, Judah became God's sanctuary, Israel was his dominion, the sea, S-E-A, the sea looked and fled, the Jordan turned back, the mountains leaped like rams, the hills like lambs. Why was it sea that you fled? Why, Jordan, did you turn back? Why mountains did you leap like rams? You hills like lambs, tremble earth, the presence of the Lord, at the presence of God of Jacob, who turned the rock into a pool, the hard rock into springs of water. It's very poetic, obviously. If you like reading poems, you'll enjoy this chapter. But because you know so much of the Old Testament, you actually have little windows of insight into what you're reading. So as you read verse 1, when Israel came out of Egypt, Jacob from a people of foreign tongue. You know that Israel and Jacob are the same. Jacob was his original name. God named him Israel. So that's interesting. Poetic, but you can see the things, okay? Judah became God's sanctuary. Israel, his dominion, also all of the same thing. Um, the sea, when it said looked and fled, I don't, I don't know. Maybe that was the parting of the Red Sea. And then the Jordan turned back. Remember, the Jordan did the same thing when they crossed over to the promised land. So that's the cool part about reading the Old Testament is it makes when you read the New Testament and Psalms so much richer because you can understand it. Isn't that cool? So very cool. Okay, now we are going backwards. Now we're going to go to Judges 10 and 11. Judges 10 is interesting because it just says, that there's this one guy who ruled um, Tola. He he ruled for a while. And then there was, I can't pronounce these names, J-A-I-R. Um, for 22 years he ruled over the people. or But they didn't have kings. So I don't know what kind of ruler um, he was. Maybe he was considered a king. And then we went to Jeff Jephthah. Jephthah, Jephthah, and he was ruler. He was doing a great job, but um, but but the people were evil, and um, mm-hmm. the people were super evil, and they were worshiping evil, evil, what you call it, some um, statues, even bales. They were worshiping bales. So God was just angry at them, and now He had all these enemies against them. I'm telling you, this is another episode straight out of the show Vikings, which. It's not a show I, I recommend at all, but it's dark and this is dark times that are going on with the Israelites. So they're being attacked. They're being taken over. It's terrible. They even, but they're so evil that they got rid of Jephthah and they basically made him run away, kind of got rid of him. But then when they could, but he was a great warrior and maybe he, I don't know why they got rid of him, but they got rid of him. And he was hiding someplace. And then when they couldn't fight their enemies, they went back to him and they said, okay, okay, come and lead us. And he goes, wait, how do I know you're actually going to let me lead you guys if I win in this battle? No, we promise you, we promise. So he goes in and did he fight the battle? 
um, yet. He was a great fighter, great warrior, and God anointed him or his, the Holy Spirit was on um, Jephthah to win battles because the Israelites, remember the pattern? Never, never forget this pattern because it's such a main theme in the Old Testament because they were so oppressed by their enemies that they cried out to God and God was fed up with them. But finally, he put blessing on Jephthah and Jephthah won some battles. But he didn't trust God completely. Have you ever been in a situation where you you pray, you trust God, but you also want to negotiate? Okay, God, if you do this, then I'll do this. I'll I promise. If if you give me this blessing, then I promise to serve you for the rest of my life or I promise to do whatever. He did that. He didn't have to do that, but he did that. He said, if you give the Ammonites into my hands, whatever comes out of the door of my house to meet me when I return in triumph from the Ammonites will be the Lord's and I will sacrifice it in burnt offering. My guess is he was having some doubt. He had some fear. He wasn't fully trusting and he was desperate. I could imagine in war times, in fear, in this fight or flight stressful state, he said this big mistake because he didn't have to. It wasn't what, like God didn't make him do this. And when he got home, his only child, his only daughter came out. His only daughter came out and he was devastated. He tore his clothes and they always rip their clothes off when they're upset, but he ripped off his clothes and he explained to his daughter the situation. And she says, I understand. I can't imagine it was that calm, but she just says, give me a couple months so that I can mourn with my friends because I'll never marry. And he says, okay, go take a couple months. (laughs) It's such a weird, weird story. Because then after the few months, she came back and he, they don't say he killed her, but he, after two months, she returned to her father and he did to her as he had vowed. Isn't that terrible? Terrible, terrible. So, yeah, the stories get ugly, of course, but that's okay because um, you're going to be able to see God's grace throughout everything. And you'll be able to see cause and effect. When when we do evil, there is a there's an effect. There's a consequence. Not that God did it. God didn't kill this young girl. It was even though that the spirit was on Jephthah, the blessing, Jephthah, The blessing was on him. He made this negotiation. He still had that inside of him. There you have it. Judges 10, 11, Psalms 114, and Acts 25. Have a great day.